It's Sunday morning, and we are talking about something of everything. I've been talking about the apostasy. We're living in the apostasy right now. Paul said in Second Thessalonians, the second chapter, verse 2 and 3, the day of the Lord will not come except two things have to happen. There come a falling away first. Falling away. That is one word in the Greek. I'm talking about what preachers have fallen away from. The falling away, apostasis is the word. Apostasis. That is our word, apostasy. Apostasy. Apostasy comes from two words. Apo means off with or a removal of the cover. Apostasy there has to be off with and from from stasis, excuse me, stasis is a, a word that means to stand. I was thinking of another word. To stand upright. A man who was said to be standing upright was said to be bearing his cross, and that is a form of stasis. The word cross is the word staros. There has been a removal of the daily cross in the pulpits of America. The Catholic lady that called me last night, she said, I know I have to take my cross and die daily. I know I have to repent daily. I thought, boy, if I could get Baptists to say that, that'd be something else. Staros is the word cross. There has been a removal of the daily cross from the pulpits in America. We get the word starao, S-T-A-U-R-O-O, which is the word crucify. Now you tell somebody they have to crucify themselves, they're not going to like that. This, this is why we have to become unpopular as believers. The Bible says, Bless you to ye when men shall reproach you. Boy, this is exactly... When I found out the meaning of the word reproach years ago, I thought, wow, I was trying to be famous as a singer for years, and fame is not what we need to be. You have to be famous if you're going to be in real estate. You've got to have a lot of people liking you. That's why they'll list their house with you and buy from you. If you're in insurance, you've got to be famous to a degree. People have to like you enough to buy their insurance from you, and you've got to charm them. I'm not saying be nasty to people, but I'm saying this word reproaches the word O-N-E-I-D-I-Z-O. And it means, blessed are ye when men shall reproach you. This is in Luke six twenty-two. When they hate you, now what are they going to hate you for? <laughs> hate you, blessed are ye. Reproach is the word aniedzo. 
It means to be infamous or infamous. Not famous, but infamous. Blessed are you when you start telling the truth and men are going to hate you for it. I've got more enemies across America than i got friends. You heard a lot of my friends write me when I read some of the letters this morning. But i got people that write me and call me in every name in the book. I've had people call me, cuss me, use the most vile, foul language because they don't like it because I tell them Christmas is pagan, uh, Easter is paganism, it has nothing to do with Jesus. I'll tell them that God does not love everybody. I was in the grocery store the other day, about three days ago, and I have on one of my shirts, it says, God does not love everybody. And the guy, and I turned around. He, I didn't turn around to him until he said, yes, he does. And I knew his reading the back of my shirt, God does not love everybody. And I just turned around and said, the Bible says God loved Jacob and hated Esau before they were born, before they'd done any good or evil. Now, that's what the Bible says. He said, I don't believe that. I've been saved. I got saved. And he just started rambling and ranting. I said, you are an ignorant man. Of course, if I've told people they're ignorant, that means unlearned. And he walked away. And then he, when I said, you're ignorant, he turned around and walked back over to me, about 15 steps away from me. And he started, well, well, who did Jesus die for? I said, he died for his wife, the church. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. He only died for his wife. Well, what about all these other people? I said, they're vessels of wrath fitted to destruction. I answered him with Bible verses. Finally, after a while, he said, what are these elect people? I said, they're the people that obey God. The Bible says that we're elected unto obedience in the sprinkling of blood. I didn't get to tell him what the sprinkling of blood was because he was being sharp with me. And finally, he said, I don't believe all that. And he walked away and he claimed to be a Christian. He didn't believe God. And boy, when you start telling people God doesn't love everybody, that goes to the grain with them. They're not going to... Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved his church and gave himself for her. He didn't love anybody else. Gosh, I guess I need to explain love again, don't I? And when people... This lady last night, the Roman Catholic, called me. She said, but the Bible says God is love. I said, ma'am, let me explain love to you. There are two words in the Greek text. They're not the same word. I said, one is the word phileo. That word phileo means to like or have affection for. But you can like anything. It actually, we get the word friend from that. Philia or philos means to have affection for somebody. And this word, this means to like. I like cake. I like God. I like ice cream. I like to get drunk. I like to take drugs. You can like anything. But that's not what the word agape is. And I've wrestled with agape all my life. I've got a set of books. It's called Kittle's New Testament of Greek Words. There's 10 volumes just on Greek words. There are 34 pages in Kittle's Dictionary of Greek Words 
just on the word agape. 34 pages. Now, how in the world can you explain a word in 34 pages? Well, agape, I've had, a, had Greek professors. I've never taken Greek. I've taught myself the Greek. But I had a Greek professor tell me years ago, he said, you can get just as much meaning sometimes out of the context of the word as you can get out of the Greek definition of the word. And he's exactly right because the Bible says in Second John 6, this is agape. This, it says this is love, but if you don't look it up, in your concordance, you're not going to know it's agape. You'll get to where you recognize agape above phileo. This is love that we walk after His commandments. Well, that's what the that's what the Kittles tells us. The Kittles Dictionary of New Testament Greek Words. In the one volume on agape, the first volume with the 34 pages, they tell us that agape was a relationship that kings had for their subjects. Kings for the subjects and fathers had for their families. They gave them laws and they willingly walked in them. Well, that's why John said this is agape, that we walk after his commandments. So when God said he loved Jacob and hated Esau before they were born, that meant he gave his laws to Jacob. Well, who else did he give them to when Jacob's name was changed to Israel in the 32nd chapter of Genesis? He loved Jacob, but he didn't love Esau. And he doesn't love the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction. He only loves his wife, the church. He came to die for her. When you tell people this, That is not the popular language in the world today. People use the word chance. I think everybody has a chance. Well, they don't have a chance. God has chosen his people from the foundation of the world to be holy and without blame before him in love. Now, I'm talking about what are these doctrines that that make people so angry. It's nearly everything that's being taught in the church today. Nearly everywhere you go. Even the so-called reformers, the people who are supposed to believe in predestination, preach what I call predestination light. Predestination has to do with everything that's going on in the scripture. Jesus, uh, the Bible tells us, Paul said, in everything give thanks. In everything give thanks. Everything. What does everything include? Well, it includes everything. The good, the evil. In everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Everything that happens in your life is there for your refinement to perfect you. When you see the word perfect, it's always a form of teleos. Teleos means to mature or to grow up. Grow up. 
But you cannot grow up without the Word of God. I'm going to give you a little bit on a message I preached years ago. I want you to turn over to Matthew, the fifth chapter. I'm going to be talking about the doctrine that's going on in the churches. They, the Baptists are not Baptists. The Baptists were preaching predestination 150 years ago. The Southern Baptist Convention seminaries were founded. Southern Seminary in Louisville, uh, Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Fort Worth. They were founded on the doctrines of the sovereignty of God and predestination. B.H. Carroll started the, the seminary in Fort Worth, and he was a predestinationist. He believed in it. That's what the Baptist doctrine believed. The Baptists today don't believe nothing what they believed 150 years ago. We are living in a time that is corrupt. We're living in the apostasy. No daily cross, no debt to self. What really, I got a favorite verse that I put up here every few messages. Luke 9, 23. Jesus says, it doesn't say if. That's not even in the text. It says, any man after me, let him deny himself. I don't even hear any preachers deal with verses like this. And take up his cross and follow me. Deny, take, and follow. Deny is the word op A-R-N-E-O-M-A-I Arponeomai is a construction of apo means a complete or neomai means to to deny or contradict. You have to contradict yourself and besides that these three words are an imperative mood and Jesus is the one that's saying them and in the Greek in the an imperative mood is a command. Jesus is the one that created everything in the beginning. He's the one that said, let there be light, and there was light. If he gives you a command, he's not giving you the command one day to deny. What he's doing in your life is saying, deny, take, follow and this is your entire life and he's going to deal with you if you're one of his elect to deny deny self contradict take a i r o that means to lift up in the air your daily cross men hate the cross of christ and that's not talking about the wooden cross They hate the daily cross because their God is their belly. Paul told the Philippians, the belly was the seat of all sensual desires. He said that's why they hate the cross and their mind is on earthly things. Mind is the word sophroneo, S-O-P-H-R-O-N-E-O. Their thinking is on gay. That's the word earth. Gay means soil, or dirt. Everybody likes dirt, don't they? 
Everybody. They like dirt. What's dirt? Well, your car's made of dirt. It came out of the ground. Before they put it in some process, they melted it down and put it in a furnace and poured it out in some mold and had a fender. But it was in the ground before it was old, before it started. Your house is dirt. You go to a job and you work a dirt job. You work with some equipment that came out of the ground. And you go to... Uh, and you get paid on payday and they hand you an envelope that's made out of dirt and you they give you a, a check and it's dirt. You go to a bank that's made out of dirt and it was, New York City was here a million years ago but it was all in the ground. It was dirt. Men love dirt because their God is their belly. Men don't love spiritual things. And when he said, follow me, that's, his, that, that's one of the tough parts of this verse. Follow. Follow is the word akulatheo, A-K-O-U-L-A-T-H-E-O. Akulatheo means, boy, this is it, to be in the same Way with to be in the same way with what is the way that Jesus is in? It's the narrow way. Now, this is something people do not preach. You don't hear this in any. I don't hear it in any pulpit in America. People are preaching how God wants you to have a good, abundant life. Abundant life has to do with suffering all the tribulations that you're supposed to go through. That is the word narrow. Thalibo. This is the word narrow. Narrow, this Roman Catholic lady I talked to last night, she said, if this is true, then only a few people are going to heaven. I said, you're exactly right. Only few are going because straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leads to eternal life and few there be that find it. Few. Oligos. O-L-I-G-O-S. A puny number are going to heaven because wide is the gate and broad is the way that... Broad is the way. We've got Broadway in every town and they got drug dealers and prostitutes and booze and all kinds of clubs and they think this is wonderful to come to Nashville down on Broadway we go along and listen to all these country singers trying to get into country music and I don't believe in the music business I was in it it's not Christian it's, you can't say uh, I'm a Christian in country music I believe in, uh, in uh, I believe these are brothers and sisters that country music and and gospel music are kin. Well, they're not, because even gospel music is not the gospel. The gospel is a resurrection, which means to come to life after dying. But we are had to die daily, and when you go into those bars that they go into, there ain't nothing gospel about that, and. I need to get off that. I could talk about that all day. And the way is 
brawl that leads to destruction. Now, this is something that you want to get people's eye up. Tell them they have to be in the narrow way. And that's the exact same word as it's the basic same word. This is the verb. And in Greek, you have a verb and a noun form. The noun is the ellipsis. And every time you find the word tribulation, it is the word thelipsis. The narrow way is the tribulation way. We must, through much tribulation, enter the kingdom of God. How many people believe that? That's what faith is. Faith is the narrow way. Faith is death to self. Now, Let's go over here. I want to kind of introduce you back to this. You go over here to... What did I do with my paper? Here it is. Looked at Matthew 5 and verse 13. Matthew 5. Ye are the salt of the earth. But if the salt have lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is henceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of man. I was thinking about that verse one day years ago. If we're the salt of the earth, I got to thinking, we must be, having remembered some of my chemistry from high school, Uh, we have to be the sodium chloride. The sodium chloride is a molecule. Sodium chloride. Sodium chloride is is a molecule. It's constructed of sodium And chlorine. And I got to thinking about that, and I got to looking in my biology books. I had a doctor give me a book on anatomy. He had been listening to us on the internet, and uh, Burton Elrod, who's with the Titans, he's their orthopedic surgeon, and he brought me a book uh, on the anatomy of the body. So I looked up sodium and chlorine in this book. And here's what I found. All right. And I read in the book. Here's what I found. Well, I'm looking for it. Right there. This is sodium atom, chlorine atom. Everything is made up of atoms. Your body is made of atoms. Your car is made of atoms. The tree is made of atoms. When God looks at the universe, all he sees is a whole bunch of atoms. It's how they're connected together. It's how they're connected together as to what substance they are. You're... Your diamond ring is made of the same thing 
that a cow pile is made of out here in a field. Same stuff. It's atoms in a different form. If you really get down to it, you might as well wear a piece of cow pile on your finger. It's the same thing. It's atoms. It's how they come together and connect. And I noticed that sodium, I got to looking up sodium. Sodium is a is a rock. Sodium is a stone. It's a foundation. Faith is a foundation. Let me read something to you here. This comes out of this. This comes out of a. This to show you how important you are, as opposed to how important you think you are. Okay, I'm going to read this to you. This I got this off the internet. Ninety-nine point. Let me put it up here. Ninety-nine point nine nine. Let me see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. One, two, three, four, five. Six, seven, ninety-nine, and this number here percent—that's nearly a hundred percent of your body is empty space. Empty. Why is that? Because. Because. Most of most of an atom is just empty space. The distance between the nucleus, you have a nucleus to an atom. Nucleus Nucleus. You have the nucleus, that's the center of an atom. There in the center you have protons and neutrons. The protons have a positive charge and these electrons which go around and around the atom they have a negative charge and that's what holds you together. And the distance from the nucleus to the outer part of the electrons is basically nothing. That's what you're made of is basically Nothing, and that's what the Bible says. Look, look at that over here in, look at that over in Psalms sixty-two. The Bible bears out science. Six Psalms sixty-two, and look here. Sixty-two and verse nine. Surely men of low degree are vanity. Now that word vanity is the word hebo. 
H-E-B-E-L. It means worthless. Worthless. Men of low degree. What's men of low degree? Oh, a checker down at the market, uh, a, uh, uh, a teller at the bank. People who don't have real important jobs, they can be replaced overnight. So a street cleaner or a garbage man, those are men of low degree. Well, men of low degree are worthless in God's scheme of things. And men of high degree are a lie. Men of high degree would be bankers and lawyers and doctors, and they're a lie. Now, I didn't say that. David said this. And to be placed in the balance, they're all together. Put both of them in the balance. And they're all together lighter than men of low degree, men of high degree. They're up here on the scale, and vanity is down here. And vanity outweighs them every time. They're really nothing. Let me read this to you. Men of low degree are vanity. Men of high degree are lie. You're really made up of nothing, what you're made up of. Some days you might feel like a pretty substantial person. Maybe you have a lot of friends or an important job or a really big car. But it might humble you to know that all these things, your friends, your office, your really big car, you yourself, and even everything in this incredible vast universe are almost entirely 99.79s there percent empty space you're really basically nothing and it's all made of the same thing it's all made up of molecules which is atoms that come together and join together here's the deal <laughs> I like what puts that here's the deal sound like some guy off TV as I previously wrote in a story from the particle physics publication symmetry the size of an atom is governed by the average location of its electrons that's the and the electrons are so small that they don't even give them an atomic number they're too small to even count how much space there is between the nucleus and the atom's amorphous outer shell nuclei are around 100,000 times smaller than the atoms they're housed in. Those nuclei, those, these are so small you can't see the nucleus. But these are 100,000 times smaller than those in the nucleus. And those are too small to see. And that's what you're made up of. And then he says, the nucleus, if the nucleus were the size of a peanut, the atom would be about the size of a baseball stadium, talking about the electrons around it. If we, are, if we lost all the dead space inside of our atoms, if you were reduced down to all the dead space and all that's left is the matter that's in you, there's not much matter. 
we would each be able to fit into a particle of dust. I've got one guy that said, you could fit on the head of a pin if you're reduced down to the matter that you really are. And you take all the water out, and you take all of the airspace out. And he said, you would fit on the head of a pin about one millionth of a of a drop of water. We would each be able to fit into a particle of dust. The entire human race species would fit into the volume of a sugar cube. Just a sugar cube. The entire human race. We're not made up of much, are we? And we think we're important. Energy at a pretty basic level. We're all made of atoms which are made of electrons, protons, and neutrons. Well, you like it or not, you don't like chemistry, that's what you're made of. Nothing. And at an even more basic or perhaps the most basic level, these protons and neutrons which hold the bulk of our mass are made of a trio of fundamental particles called quarks. They don't even know how to split the quarks. They stick, the more you try to split them, the more they stick together. And they're smaller than these atoms and molecules. And that's what you're made of. So if all the atoms in the universe are almost empty space, why does something feel solid? And he tells you that. I'm not going to go into that. I want to get into the fact, and I got to thinking, we must be the sodium chloride. What I have to do is match sodium with a spiritual foundation. Faith is a foundation. Here's the way you find it out. What is faith? Let me erase this. What is faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. That word substance shows that faith is a foundation. And we have to build on that foundation of faith. The Bible says faith is substance. The very word substance means a foundation. Substance is the word hypostasis. It comes from hupo, which means under. Stasis means to stand. Another word for under would be sub. To stand is a structure. Every every foundation has to have a substructure. Every building has to have a foundation or a substructure. The Bible is saying a substanding is a foundation. And I found out by my study that salt was a metal. And all foundations need to be built out of something that comes out of the ground. That's where metals come from. 
regardless if it's a stone or what kind of a metal it is. Stones are metal. And we're to build a foundation on metal. Well, I found out that, that there's two things in salt. You've got sodium. Without chlorine, it's very erratic. This is like you, you just come to the knowledge of Christ and you're very erratic. Boy, you want to go out and win the world for Christ. You're very erratic. Now, chlorine is deadly. You drink chlorine, you will die. That's very deadly. Chlorine. is deadly. What happens when they come together? Every atom in the universe is looking for another atom to join to so they will have eight they'll have eight in the valence. The valence is the outer core of the atom. Valence. It's called the valence shell. This valence shell is out here. There's only one in sodium. There is one one electron in the valence. Every atom is looking for another atom to combine with so they will have eight in the valence. When sodium and chlorine, when the foundation comes in contact with the chlorine, you have sodium chloride or table salt. And it is, it is stable. Neither one of these are stable when they're by themselves. The sodium is like having the... How many faiths are there? One. There's one faith, one faith. There's one electron, one electron in the valence of sodium. There's seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And the sodium is looking for a place to live with another atom that will give him eight. This is when they're connected together because sodium has one of its electrons that connects with chlorine and it becomes a part. They become one molecule. You have molecules when you've got two atoms coming together. Now, we have to understand that faith is substance. It's a foundation. Now go over here to go over here to Ephesians. Go to Ephesians. There's one faith. There's one electron in the valence of sodium, which is the foundation of salt.
That's what salt is built on. Now look here in, in uh, what I say we're going, oh, Ephesians. Fourth chapter. There's one foundation, one faith, and one electron. When God said, we're the salt of the earth, do you think he had this all in mind? He had everything in mind, chemically. All right, Ephesians. Because you've got to match up how many. All right. Ephesians 4. And verse 5. There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism. If there's one faith, it matches up. But faith has got to add seven to it. This dangerous, this chlorine atom equates to the fiery trials in our life. Let's go over to, let's go over to Second Peter. Second Peter. You want to know how you know you're saved and how you know how you stabilize yourself? You've got to add to your faith seven things. There's one faith, and you've got to add seven things to it in order to stabilize it, just like table salt here. You've got to add these seven things of the chlorine. This would be like the trials of life. Add it to the one here, and you end up with a stable salt. Now look here in... It's talking about to the people of God in Second Peter. He says, besides this, there in verse 5, giving all diligence, add to your one faith seven things. There's one faith, right? There's not a faith for getting healed and a faith for being saved and a faith to get your car started and lay your hands on a hood like some of those uh, charismatics do and pray for their car. There's there's faith is dead to self. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Substance means understanding. You have to have an understanding in order to build on it, in order to build on faith. If you go to school up here, to Vol State, and you take a course in algebra and you've never taken it before, you have to have an understanding. You can't go in there with your own opinion about that. You've got to go by the axioms, the postulates, the various laws of mathematics in order to take a course. But you have to be willing to have an understanding and listen to the teacher. If you don't have any mathematical understanding, you're not going to be able to pass the course. So, faith is an understanding. And if you understand, you are a disciple 
because disciple is the word M-A-T-H-E-T-E-S. Mathetes, we get our word mathematics from that or math from that. It means a learner. And if you learn your understanding, and the Bible says in Luke 14, 27, He that beareth not his cross and followeth after me cannot be my disciple. You have to have a cross to be a learner, and that is a disciple, and that's what makes you understand. So faith, understanding, learning comes by daily cross. But that happens if you go into a class. If you go into a class, you can't say to the professor, well, here's my opinion about mathematics. They don't care what your opinion is. They're going to give you a bunch of mathematical axioms. They're going to give you some theorems. They're going to give you these mathematical laws. In fact, axiom is a word in the Greek, axiao. It's a Greek word. It means what is equitable. Equitable means it's equal. In mathematics, you have an equal sign. This side, x equals y, or x plus y equals z. You have to have a balance of the equation. So you have to have axioms. You have to go by the laws of the book. You have to define the words, define the laws, in order to know what you're supposed to be doing. But notice what he's saying here. Look at this. Besides all this, give all diligence to add to your one faith. There's only one faith. And it's not different faiths or different things. I have people telling me, well, I prayed, I had a lady tell me last night, well, I pray, pray for my kids that they'll be well. I said, I can't do that. I pray for the will of God to be done. That's what amazes me when you start preaching against these people that are talking about definitions and they get the wrong meaning to them. Prayer don't mean to ask God for your son to be saved. It don't mean to ask for a car. It don't mean to ask for... In fact, ask is a conditional word. Ask is a legal term. I-T-O-A-I-T-E-L. In fact, it, it's a form of the same word that Pilate used when he said, I find no fault in him. A fault is a legal term. I find no A-I-T-E-M-A. I-T-E-M is the word fault. Ask is a legal term. You have to ask legally in order to get what you ask. What is the legal term for asking? First John 3.22 We receive the things that we ask. Now whenever you come up and people say, when you pray, ask, and believe and you shall receive. Well, there's a problem. There's not a problem with the words. You just got to know what they are in the Greek. 
we receive the things that we ask if we keep his commandments. You say, Jim, I can't do all the commandments of God. That's not what this says. Keep is the word tereo. It means to guard like your own guard. Now, where is the commandments written? On the fleshy tables of our hearts in the third chapter of Second Corinthians. It's written in our hearts. You guard those laws. You say, I cannot keep all these, but I will fight to the death for the word of God and tell you it is true whether I can do it or whether you can do it. And these guys who have changed the word of God and they've changed the meaning of the word prayer. If we keep his commandments and do the things that are pleasing. Pleasing is the word arrestao. Are you arrestao? E-U-A-R-E-S-T-E-O. It comes from you meaning well. You see that on eulogy, well words. And arrestao means what is pleasing to God. Well, the scripture tells us what's pleasing to God in Romans 12 and 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God. The word acceptable is the basic same word as pleasing in 1 John 3.22. It's the word arrestao. Pleasing. What is acceptable to God is your body's a living sacrifice, death to self as you live. You're not to be living for yourself. Let him every man esteem others better than himself. You know our problem is we're thinking about ourselves too much. We're thinking about our stuff too much, our things too much. The older I get, the less I want to think about things and stuff. What good's it going to do you when you're 90 years old like Milton or 95 like Milton? He ain't got nothing to live for in this life. He don't even know what to do with himself. You talk to him, he says, I want to go home as tears run down his cheek. He means I want to go to heaven to be with the Lord. You can't just have your way in defining words. What is pleasing, the only way you can please God, you can never please God asking God for things and stuff and money and health. I've had people say, how do you pray? Well, let me give you the definition of prayer. P-R-O-S-E-U-C-H-O-M-A-I. That's the word prayer. It's got a verb form, pray. P-R-A-Y, P-R-O-S-U-C-H-E. That's the verb. This is the noun. Prosukumai, prayer, is a construction of pros and U-K. Now, when you start instructing people about praying, well, the Bible says, whatsoever you ask, when you pray, believe you're receiving, you shall have. You've got to define those words. Pros means toward. And UK means to will or desire. Therefore, prayer means to will or desire oneself towards the will of another. Isn't that what Jesus said we're to pray? 
our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. You don't pray, Lord, I'm going to let you have your will. You pray, Lord, your will is being done. His will is being done whether you bow to it or not. So when we start bowing to his will, that's when he's put us through so much fire or so much of these chlorine and he's stabilized salt in our life. The word savor is the word moreno. If the salt has lost its savor, it's good for nothing. If you leave salt out overnight, what happens to it? That sharpness, that pungent uh, taste that it has, it's not there anymore. It has to have a protection. That's us. Savor is the word moreno. comes to the word moros which means a fool we get our word moron from that the world has to look at us like we're fools when we say Christmas is pagan Easter is pagan um, it was against the law to celebrate those things in early America 300 years ago why do you think that is ask somebody that Christmas is Christ mass you start telling people the truth and they get bent and bent. Now, there's a good idiom, don't they? Uh, we're always talking about idioms and metaphors. Well, they get bent out of shape. Don't mean they're bent like literally. It means they, they don't know what to do when you start telling the truth. I just get so tired of you give definitions to people, quote verses to them. And they say, well, I don't like that. Well, that's too bad. What you don't like is the Word of God. Now, where was I? I'm going to get back to Moreno. We, that is the savor of the salt, and we're the salt. To have the cutting edge to it, we have to be, have the savor. We have to look foolish. Now, let's continue reading. We add seven things to the one faith. And what does it do? It does the same thing when you add sodium to chlorine. And it brings about sodium chloride. This is a stabilized element. These are unstable until they're joined together. Let's read this. He's going to name seven things you have to add to the one faith. And we know that faith is the substance. It's an understanding. It is a foundation. We add to our faith virtue. How long, Are you a virtuous person? Are you sure? The word is a rete. Arete means mature. Oh, me. If you're over 60, you're probably mature in certain areas. But boy, becoming mature in the Word takes a long time, doesn't it? Now, I don't believe anybody. I don't mean this as an insult. 
I just mean anybody under 50 can't be mature. I'm not, that's not a put down. You got a lot of chlorine fire to go through. That's deadly. The fire, faith without the fire is like a car without a motor. You got to have the fire. And if you get old enough, you'll know that. Now. Second Peter, what? Which part? Where have you been? Where have you been? <laughs> Second Peter 1 and 5. You add virtue. And then to virtue you add knowledge. Gnosis. Good grief. How long does it take you to add knowledge? How long do you think it took me to learn all these words and give them to you? I have looked at these words hundreds of times I don't look at one word one time I look at them hundreds of times in all these different verses and then I start remembering them I'll quote I'll write it down I'll tell you one of the best ways to remember write them down in the margin of your Bible I do that in every Bible I've ever owned write them down in the margin I'm thumbing through them till the grease wipes the stuff off the Bible but by that time I know the word and make yourself notes in your Bible. I like Bibles with Lord margins so I can make notes in my Bible. I'll write, I'll draw lines across the pages. This Bible, i got to start using this southern that was given to me. But this is falling apart. Well, a Bible that's falling apart belongs to someone who isn't falling apart. Now, Let's get back to this. Back to Second Peter. Add knowledge, gnosis. You, how do you add knowledge? Well, you read and read and read, and you get tired and you quit and you start reading again. And you read and you read and you read and you study and study, and you only remember a small part of what you read. You won't remember everything you read, but you'll remember a small part. And then to knowledge, you add Temperance and Kratia, E.G. K R E T E I A, E.G. K R E T E I A. This is a construction of Kratos, which means strength, and E.G. means within. It's the same word as E N R N. It means strength within. It means strength to control yourself on every kind of thing that you get involved in. On your sin, you've got to learn self-control. And then he said, and how long does it take you to do that? All your life, do you lose your temper, get mad at people? God says, that's not your business. Vengeance belongs to me. Vengeance is mine. The word vengeance, the common word is ek decay. Ek d-i-k-e-s-i-s. Ek decasis. It is a form of ek and decay. Decay means right. What is right? 
to write out things. That means to make things right. That's not your business or mine. Revenge doesn't belong to us. If you get old enough, you'll fight people and fight people and fight people. You'll wake up one day and say, I'm tired of fighting. I quit. I quit years ago. I won't fight you or anybody else. You can disagree with me. Call me names. I'll say, okay, you're probably right. You're throwing stones at me. God has bidden you to throw stones for my past. You may be thinking you're throwing them for some other reason, but it'll be because God's keeping me straight. Now, and to knowledge, temperance, and to temperance, patience. Boy, how long does it learn take to learn patience? Hupo may know. There's this is the noun, and there's a verb form of that. Hupo Monet. Sounds like a French, some French guy. Hupo Monet is the word endure. They that endure to the end, the same shall be saved. And will we endure? Yes, we will endure. Endure because he that hath begun a good work in you will perform it all the way until the day of Jesus Christ. You will endure because God will see to it. He begins it and he finishes it. The whole thing is up to God, not up to you. If he left it up to us, we'd fall away. And to patience, godliness. Eusebia. E-U-S-E-B-E-I-A. Eusebia means a well-sebomai. Sebomai, the writers tell us, has the idea of the resurrection or the gospel scheme. Well, the resurrection is not just talking about Christ, one resurrection from the grave. The reason men hate the cross of Christ, they hate to be crucified and die daily so they can resurrect daily. Every time you find this word resurrection, all but one time it's the word anastasis. Anastasis is feminine gender. Feminine gender and that means the resurrection of the church daily as we die daily. It's not a one-time thing. This is something that preachers are not going to preach because they don't believe in dying daily. So we, what makes people want to crucify us? Telling them the truth about something they never heard of, about Christmas or Easter or predestination or God does not love everybody and he only loves a few people because only few are going to find the narrow way this woman said that to me last night she said if these things are true only a few are going to heaven i said you're exactly right that's what jesus said few not many that means a puny number oligos is the word few jesus did not say fear not great big worldwide church he said, fear not, little flock. It's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. You have to be going through the tribulation way. What I'm preaching here, God dealt with my heart in my 40s when I was in the hospital. 
<clears throat> to drop all of my real estate career, throw it all away, and start preaching the truth to everybody all the time. I want to say something. You can think this is an arrogant thing to say, but I don't mean it arrogantly. I'm the only preacher that I know of in America that is trying with all my heart to tell all the truth all the time, regardless of the cost. People will say, what about John MacArthur? John MacArthur knows that baptism is not water. He has said so on the radio. I've heard him. He said if we baptize people the way we should, we'd put them under the water and we wouldn't let them up. Because baptize comes from two words. Baptizo and bapto. How many baptisms are there? Ephesians, the fourth chapter. There's one baptism. Baptism means to cover. Baptism means to stain with a dye. To stain and dye something. That was a household term in the first century. Baptizo originally was an infinitive. An infinitive is a noun. It is not a verb, but it is a verbal noun. It means the action has to come from an outer source and it has to stain and dice. And a blood baptism was a martyrdom. Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? And people sing that and don't have any idea what it means. A blood baptism was a death. When Jesus asked James and John, can you be baptized with the baptism I'm baptized with? He wasn't saying, can you back up three years when I started this ministry and be dipped in water? He was talking about, I'm going to be crucified tomorrow. Can you be baptized with this baptism? They said, we can. And he said, both of you will die the martyr's death. I've been preaching on blood baptism for years i've got hundreds of messages on it if people think baptism is being splashed in water then they don't want death to self daily do they they don't want death to self every day it's crazy the reason people stay mad at me god has dealt with my heart put me in the hospital in my mid-40s, nearly killed me with pneumonia. I was right at death. And that's when I put my hands in there and said, I give up, I surrender, Lord. I will tell all the people the truth all the time that I can, starting with these doctors and nurses. Every time I go to the doctor's office, I talk to them somewhere along the way about death to self, daily cross, predestination. Christmas is pagan. Christmas is Christ Mass. It's eating human flesh. If you go into the Bible and show people how everybody is misinterpreting these words, Jesus said, except you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. But it was against the law for the Jews back in the 17th chapter of Leviticus to eat human flesh and drink blood. There must have been something about that phrase. And the Catholics took it 
<clears throat> said, we got to say these words, Hocus Corpus Eum and they say it turns into the literal body of Christ. That's not what he was talking about. He tells us what he was talking about. He said, my flesh is meat indeed. My f- blood is drink indeed. When you tell him what indeed is, me is the word of truth. And to eat flesh and drink blood, truth is the word aletheia. And this has to do with telling people the truth. When you get into lanthano, meaning to lie hid, lanthano, you place the alpha privilege in front of that, it negates lanthano. Lanthano means to conceal or to lie hid or to hide. When you've, this alanthano means not to hide anything. That's eating flesh and drinking blood, defining everything to everybody that you can. You say, Jim, I can't remember all those words. I realize that. I couldn't either when I started. The more you use, the more you remember, the more you learn, and the easier it is. I'm going to tell, I am thrilled to tell people the truth. The whole nation is not telling truth. Even the so-called reformers, they will say, well, we believe in predestination, but we don't believe that God sends men to hell on purpose. Who do you think sends them to hell? Who created hell? Who created the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? Who told Adam, thou shalt not, and the day you do eat, you will die? He didn't say, if you eat. He knew Adam was going to eat. He's made out of corrupt dust. Now, let's keep on going in this. How much time do I have, Mike? 24. We've got to get on through this. And to God in His brotherly kindness, Philosodelphos. Here's the word brotherly kindness. And if you notice, this is all God's instructions. When he says, besides all this, give all diligence, add to your faith. Add is the word epikoregeo, and that is not a choice on your part. That is an imperative command given to you by the Apostle Paul. Epi, C-O-R-E-G-E-O. We get our word choreography from that. Correggio comes from chorus, C-H-O-R-O-S, and ago. Ago means to lead, and choros means a circular dance. And the Jews had a dance that they called the sacred dance that they danced at their festivals. They would sing Havanagila and kick their legs and dance in a circle. Ago means a leader. So a choreographer is a dance leader, and he's saying, superimpose, add this to your life, these seven things, and they're for a purpose. The purpose you add them is the same reason that when you add the sodium and the chloride together, it stabilizes them, and this scripture says so. 
So you add to the one faith all these things. You had brotherly kindness. You had philos, A-D-E-L, P-H-O-S. Philosadelphos, we get the word Philadelphia. Adelphos is the word brother. Philos means to have an affection for the brethren. But Jesus said, if a man calls himself a brother and he's polluting the word of God, withdraw from him. Don't have anything to do with the brother that's polluting the word of God. So, affection is conditional. They have to be living in truth in order for us to have an affection for the brethren. And then he says, besides this, and to brotherly kindness, add charity. Charity. Now, I hate it that those translators put that in there because it is the word agape. Why didn't they just translate it love or agape? It's the same word as agape, walk in the commandments of God. Walk in God's commandments. In God's commandments, Second John 6. And if you want to see what agape does, you look at 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter. I'm not going to go through that right now because I don't have time. The 13th chapter will tell you everything that charity or agape does. The Bible says that agape and 1 Corinthians 8 and 1, that charity edifieth. That's very important in this message. Charity O-I-K-O-D-O-M-E-O. That word edifies the same word as build. It has the idea of it comes from oikos, O-I-K-O-S, and domai. Domai looks like dome, and it is, but it's our word roof. Oikos means house or family or family and charity builds up the house of God and Christ is the son of his own house whose house are we the way you build the house of God you walk in the commandments of God you walk in love and you can look in that 13th chapter and you'll find out everything that love does everything that agape does it doesn't do what everybody says you got to love your neighbor and you got to forgive everybody you don't forgive forgiveness is not free Luke 17 and 3 says if your brother trespass against you rebuke him and only if he repents forgive him forgiveness is a response to repentance what do you do if they won't repent you withdraw from them. Do you feel bad at them? No, you just withdraw. If you rebuke them and they refuse to repent, pull away from them and leave them alone. That's what we do. 
God has got enough conviction in His Word and in, in our hearts to do what we're supposed to be doing. Now, charity. Now, let's read the next few verses, and you're going to see the same thing. You're going to add these seven things that we just said to the one faith, the foundation, just like you add these seven electrons to the one electron, and it makes eight in the valence. Makes eight. The valence is the outer shell. And then he says, if these things be in you, what things is he talking about? Huh? The seven things. The seven things. If if virtue and knowledge and temperance and so forth, if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful. What fruit are you going to be bearing? The fruit of the Spirit, aren't you? In the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, but he that lacketh these seven things is blind. He's not talking about unbelievers. He's talking about believers that lacks these seven things and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sin. Doesn't say you weren't purged from your old sin. You've just forgotten because you haven't added these seven things. Now look what he says in the next verse. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election Sure, be by us. How do you make them sure? Do you say, I'm sure I'm saved? No. Be by us means to stabilize. It means to stabilize. When you add the seven things to your one faith, the same thing happens when you add the sodium and you add the seven electrons, which is a picture of the fire and the trials of life. You add that to your faith and you end up as the salt of the earth. Salt is good. it, But you have to, in order to have the seven things you have to look foolish. You have to have the savor. Moreno. You have to look like a moron. I know I look like a moron from the viewpoint of the world. I know what people think about me. I'm going to tell the truth. I don't really care who likes it or who don't like it. And the funny thing is, they don't have any answers when you quote a verse of Bible back to them. Well, what about, oh, who are these people, these elect? Well, that's the predestinated people of God. And they ask you, well, who are there other people? I told this fellow the other day, I said, they're vessels of wrath fitted to destruction. And people don't know what to do with God's word when you say these things to them. Now, I want us to look at that word savor. So you see how you have to stabilize? If we're the salt of the earth, who do you think created the construction of salt to match up with the Bible here? 
Who did that? God did that. Do you think this is some simple thing that God created all the molecular structure of the universe in certain ways? Now, I can't go through all these, through all the elements and tell you what all the elements are. You can look up elements in your dictionary. It'll give you the symbol form, like NaCl, salt. It'll give you Fe for iron and the various other element numbers. He'll give you the atomic number of them. And the and those electrons were so small, they said it didn't need an atomic number. One writer said the distance from the nucleus of an atom said to the outer valence would be phenomenally far. It might be 100 miles if we reduced it to the size of a peanut or, or a little small something. One writer said it was that we'd all fit on the head of a pen, the entire human race, if we were reduced down to the amount of matter that we've got in our body. We're not worth as much as we think we are. People that have lots of money, they got a lot of dirt. That's what they have. Now, let me give you some things on the savor, on the being... Look over here in Romans... 1 and 22. Romans 1. You've got to have the savor of the salt, and when the world looks at you, you've got to look foolish. If you talk to people about the truth, you say, Jim, I haven't been able to do that yet. Well, maybe you're young in the faith, but you have to grow. Faith has to grow. It has all of these things that we're naming here has to increase. Look here in Romans 1 and 22. Some men profess themselves to be wise and they become a fool. God will use this to show what men are like when they're fools and what he's like and that his foolishness, the foolishness of God is wiser than men, the scripture says. Look over here in 1 Corinthians 1 and 20. 1 Corinthians 1 and 20. I'm going to give you some of these. 1 and 20. For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness, by the moreno of preaching... To save them that believe. It sounds foolish to the world that they have to repent of sin. They have to take their cross and die daily. When you're talking, when I'm talking about the apostasy, I'm talking about everybody changing. I believe that everything that's going on in the world, here's the things, I made a list of things that people are preaching that's wrong. These are some of the apostasy. Tongues is wrong. Pentecostal tongues. How to be saved is being preached in every church about accepting Christ and not struggling with repentance, not being birthed by the will of God, 
that you're birthed by walking down an aisle and that's not true. Faith healing is a lie. The Pentecostals have a lie with tongues and with faith healing. That's two of their big lies. And they seduce people to walk down an aisle in order to get them well and they lay hands on them and they don't heal nobody. Nobody can be healed with prayer. You have to bow to the will of God. I've had people come and say, pray that my son will be healed. I say, I can't do that. I'll pray that the will of God be done, but I can't pray for your son to be healed. I'll just pray for God's will in your life, give you strength enough to undergo what God wants you to undergo. When the Bible says, when it talks about thy faith has made thee whole, people think that faith makes you well. That word whole, every time it's used in that context, whole is the word sozo, it's the word saved. Faith does not heal. I've said it before. I'll say it again. When you get to be 85 or 90 and you're a Pentecostal charismatic, you can't be healed anymore because you're dying. Age is dying. Losing your hair is dying. Getting gray hair is dying. Getting wrinkles is dying. You're all dying of a disease. Your bodies are diseased. Everybody that dies, usually most of them die. When you die of old age, you die of natural causes. Natural causes is usually the pulmonary disease, heart disease, or it's, excuse me, pulmonary disease is lung disease, or they die of heart disease, that's disease of, of cardiac system. Why is it that they all die? I keep saying this. Paul Crouch died of heart disease. Jan Crouch died of heart disease. Uh, Kenneth Hagen died of heart disease. Oral Roberts died of pneumonia. Why did they die of a disease if they had faith to be healed? You preach against these people that are lying to the world and they think you're foolish because everybody votes. What they're saying is true because it makes me feel good. You're not... Here's some of the other things they preach. Christmas is pagan. They don't want to hear that. Easter's pagan. They don't want to hear that. Easter, Christmas... Mardi Gras, Halloween, Valentine's are all a form of the same doctrine. It's Bell and Grove worship. Uh, Accept Christ and sinner's prayer is not the way to salvation. And all the preachers are preaching that. And when you preach against that, they think you are Moreno, you're foolish, you're a moron. Even though the Bible bears out what I'm saying, and it don't bear out what they're saying. Water baptism, like I said earlier, it doesn't mean to dip people in water. I know that Jesus was washed in water. That was a proselyte baptism. I don't have time to go through that right now. All the things they're preaching in these churches, they're lying to the American public. The apostasy is full force right now. It's on. 
If you want the definition of the words and the truth, I'll give them to you. But it won't make you popular with your family or your friends. Has most people figured that out? Pre-trib rapture and millennium. I don't know how. When you go over to Revelation, the 10th chapter. Revelation 10. The Bible says... Uh, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 51 and 52 that when Jesus comes back we'll be changed in the twinkle of an eye at the last trump. Last is the word eschatos. Eschatos means the last in a series after which no other trumpet will sound. We get it comes from the word echo. Echo is means to hold or hold a sound or hold in your hand. There's seven trumpets sound at the end of time. When the seventh one sounds, it says the end is here. It says that in Revelation ten. And Jesus comes back. Revelation 10, verse 5, The angel which I saw stand upon the sea, upon the earth, lifted up his hand to heaven, and swear by him that liveth forever and ever, who created heaven, the things that therein are, and the earth and the things that therein are, and the sea and the things which are therein, that there should be time no longer. You're at the end of time, and the last trumpet sounds. And we're going to be changed at the last trump, but in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished. And the mystery of God is the church, and finished is the word teleates. It is complete. The last one is coming to the fold at the end of time. And we're changed at the last trump. Can't why can't men see that? They don't want to. Well, if the end of time is here at the last trump, how can there be a thousand years after that? Isn't that time? It's... You know how frustrating that is for me thinking about this every day? I look out the window and I think, Oh, God, come soon. I can't stand this anymore. I can't stand the fact that people don't care what your word says. It's as plain as the nose on your face here that the end of time is here at the sounding of the last trump. The people don't care. Do I have any time, Mike? Two. Two minutes. These are the things that they're preaching. Crackers and grape juice and calling it the Lord's Supper. They were eating the last Passover and we're in a spiritual Passover now. They smile all the time and say everything's okay. How can they be doing that when we're sad and we're acquainted with grief? Is anybody as grieved as I am? I'm just grieved as a man can be. They preach free will. 
that don't preach predestination, that preach the Mass and all of the holidays. I don't even have time to go through all this. I'll go through some more of this next week. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, thank you for truth. Cause us to continue your word. We'll praise you for everything. Fight our battles for us. Give you praise in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. I can't ever get to the end of this. Yeah. That's good. 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 That's good